Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. <laughs> the place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Oh, hi there. I didn't I didn't see you. Oh, my. Welcome. It's uh, You've just stumbled into the Star Wars Report podcast. So glad you've uh, come across this joint. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad to have you on board this week. And so glad to have the producer of the fine program uh, reunited, and it feels so good. It's Bruce Gibson. How's it going, Bruce? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing well. I'm actually doing really well. Oh, As we record really this, well. the Oscars are going on. Oh, what, how's the host doing? <laughs> I don't know. Cause there is <laughs> That's none. a trick question. <laughs> yes, it is a trick question, is it not, Mr. Scott Reifen? Uh, welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you so much for having me, Riles. Absolutely, man. I am, I'm glad to be back uh, in, the, in the co-pilot seat here. Of our version, of our podcasty version of the Millennium Falcon, uh, we've got a great show for you guys this week. Talking updates about uh, Billy Dean Episode Nine, as well as uh, the Episode Nine title, straight from the director of Episode Nine. So he's probably a, a good source there, as well as updates from Disney Studios Chairman Alan Horn, and then a whole plethora of and and you know, Bruce, this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part of the year. It's that, What's that? It's that most wonderful, magical time of the year. No, not Christmas. No, not, not the new movie release. It's Toy Fair. It's Toy Fair last week, and uh, we've got all kinds of merchandise updates, of which I'm going to have Bruce tell me about, because I was following none of it. Uh, I wasn't following any of it either. Oh, dang it. But uh, I Scott? Put it in here. <laughs> <laughs> Scott? Yeah, because we got all kinds of like pictures and stuff of toys, which we'll all just kind of preview together. Yes, yes, we will. And maybe pick out some of our highlights. Although, And then mm-hmm. at the end of it, I should throw a little bit of a curveball here, Bruce. But uh, mm-hmm. if we have time at the very end of the show, I want to talk to you uh, about Star Wars comics. Because we, we, we haven't talk to each other during the week i don't know what the latest is from you on how far you are along you'll find you'll find what i'm doing when we get to boba's bounty because my boba's bounty is a comic okay well i feel like maybe that's the spot to talk about it so we'll we'll do some star wars comic book uh chat as well but uh without further ado let's get into the news something to report data have good news data brought to us by the bottom spies we can send a clear transmission there it is listen listen so J.J. Abrams uh, just talked to Entertainment Tonight and uh, on a red carpet somewhere, Bruce. I have no idea where this where this is, but uh, yeah, a re- on a red carpet somewhere far, far away. Uh, let's jump to the audio. Now, J.J., I got to ask you. You just wrapped episode nine. That photo made me emotional just looking at it. Can you talk about that moment on set wrapping that film? Uh, it was actually a, a pretty emotional thing, but uh, the, the the cast and crew just did an unbelievable job, and I just cannot wait for you to see what. Uh, what we got going for you. Yeah, I gotta ask you because, you know, The Last Jedi, people reacted to it how they did. Did that change the way that you approached Episode Nine at all? Did which? Um. <laughs> did we? What? 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 What are you saying? What? <laughs> She's like, <laughs> I want to hear that again. Hang on. Hang on. Let's, uh, let's see it. Let's see I gotta this. ask you because, you know, The Last Jedi, people reacted to it how they did. <laughs> 
Very specific of you, lady. Mm. You know, the last Jedi, the people they, they reacted did. to, they like they how they did. The people, you know, the <laughs> they the, the, the thing with the thing and the thing. And then Jade's just like, what, what? Did that change the way that you approached Episode Nine at all? Did which? Um, did which? The way that you approached did. Episode Nine was that affected by mm-hmm. the way that people reacted to the last Jedi at all? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think that every movie is its own movie, and obviously this is a, 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 a trilogy. Um, we brought to that movie all, all the the passion and, and, and hard work that, that we would have no matter what. So I, I think, uh, you know, I think the story speaks for itself. I, I really, truly can't wait for you to see it. Okay. Okay, right. so she just asked a non-question, and he gave her a non-answer. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that is great. Yes, this is why I listen to the news. <laughs> Uh, I I saw a lot of headlines and some hullabaloo about this, where where I guess he does kind of is it I don't, I don't know maybe we're reading into the Scott can we read anything into him be like hey you know each movie stands on its own is that him just oh, like keep, you like, just say well, whatever, whatever you have to say about Ryan's movie you know there's a segment of the internet that would like to interpret it that way I I took it as this question was hey you did a thing is it going to be like the other thing well we did a thing that's like a thing. <laughs> and that's kind of that's i mean that's almost a direct word for word what just happened i think yeah yeah well that's fair all right let's go back uh, a little more of the audio yeah um, can i just ask you about directing billy d williams as lando and what that was like for you because i know you're a big fan but we get to see him as lando again i'd met him once before okay. and and he was such a sweet guy but i gotta tell you i have such unbelievable respect for him uh we had a, we had a great time and he was great time. Uh, he was wonderful i mean mm-hmm. everyone on set had yeah. this he just had this aura around him um he's really an incredible man and an incredible actor can you give me he sounds really unprepared for a very easy to answer question yeah (laughs) i concur it's almost like he didn't make the movie (laughs) it's no that's it it's it's like jj abrams got caught because he didn't actually write the paper his friend did and the teacher's asking yeah. him about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and his friend is Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson did episode nine, people, and they're just putting JJ's name on <laughs> I it. I like it. You heard it here first. But and JJ is, is scared. Well, Luke, he's going to do the thing, and he. I thought it was very compelling and powerful how Luke really embraced the challenge of the... Um, yes. The thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was... The, but... Uh, the the thing that the only thing I can say about this is I and maybe he's being dodgy because what I fear is what I fear, which is that Lando's really not going to be that much of this movie. Like two seconds sitting at a table going, "Hey kids, remember but, but me?" Scotty, and then it's over. Scotty has an aura, though. He had an aura. Oh, but, well, he does have, set. Well, I tell you why he's got an aura. <laughs> if you watch his Twitter feed, he's working out every fifteen seconds. I mean, <laughs> you sweat that much, you have an aura. Yeah. Ooh, really. Mm. It's uh, you can't argue with it. You can't. You, <clears throat> uh, anyway, kind of like maybe a yeah, word or something we're going to feel going whatever. out of this movie because we've seen you know two other um, Star Wars trilogies come to a close. How does this stack up compared to you know Sith and Jedi? Uh, oh, look at us! I'm a hip, hip entertainment Sith and Jedi. You know, I, uh, I'm a I'm hip to the hip to the the jive the the thing. You know, you know, you know what's interesting about that though to me. Mm, yeah. Is we always called Return of the Jedi Jedi. Mm-hmm. And then Last Jedi came out and they went, Oh, we can't call Jedi Jedi anymore. But 
but apparently we can't. Oh, yeah. No, that's not going to change. No? Yeah. I, don't I think the internet has damaged that for us. Now that's like TLJ. I, I just, you can you can skip the now that's TLJ part, and just now the internet's damaged that for us. It's just like the universal law. <laughs> you have to determine that, you know, yourself. But um, I, 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 uh, well, I, I, I really can't wait for you to see it. And there, there, are, there are a lot of words that we all hope that you feel. Um, and, uh, <laughs> a lot of words that we <laughs> What kind of words does he want her to feel? (laughs) (laughs) He didn't. He hasn't made the movie. (laughs) You know, it's like the words. You got to get to the word count, you know, of the thing. He he had nothing to do with this movie, apparently. (laughs) Nothing. Oh gosh! Okay. <laughs> maybe George did it. Yeah, maybe. Satisfied. And fans are just clamoring for that title. Can you give us any kind of hint of when we're getting? It? Nope. No. But listen. <laughs> but it's really fun talking to you, though. It's really great. But it's really. Is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, sure. Sure thing. <laughs> so yeah, duh, nothing on the title. Uh, can't, how does it stack up against Jedi? How do you feel about it? And he's like. It's a lot of words we hope you feel. I I think that Does, uh, he gave us hints on the title. I think oh that's gosh. what I was hearing there because all these things, these things that he's talking about, the, the word thing must be in the title. Mm, the, um, the Jedi thing. The <laughs> it's a Jedi thing a Jedi. you wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't. JJ's. I, I miss JJ on the press tour. You know what? At least I'll say this though. This is he's delightfully. This is, a, this is exactly him. Delight. I remember. This is the Force Awakens all over again. He's just will never say anything, and that's okay. Well, there's this nothing is a to guy, say. This is a guy who's given TED talks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can he at least be articulate enough to say <laughs> something other than that was a thing? That was, was a lot of words. And, well, he says, um, and there I'm was the here, and the ma'am, because feeling the, that you're the and the last of it, it's a yeah. There's. You know, there's seven million words in this language, ma'am, and I can only come up with ten right now, and I'm sorry about that. Yeah, but hey, at least (laughs) I may be marbling over my words, but I'm not yelling at you on Twitter. You're listening to the Star Wars Report. No reward is worth this. I'm just saying. I'm just going to leave that right there, and uh, let's move along, folks, into um, Alan Horn and what he has to say about Episode Nine via The Hollywood Reporter in an interview. Quote, will Nine get Star Wars back on track? Now, that's how you ask a question. Yeah, and the answer is there are a lot of words we want you to feel. No, and there's some things because we did this other thing and it was really good and it stood on its own like the other things did when they were done. And and wait, what? Wait, what was the question? What? Mm. What? um, (laughs) No, no. Actually, Alan Horn, who's like a well, he's chief of the studios. Yeah, chairman of uh, Walt Disney Studios. Quote: I just got back from the United Kingdom. Which is not so united. Last oh, little little uh, little current (laughs) political humor there. (laughs) Little Brexit shot. Um. I went to the set and was with uh, JJ, Kathy, and the cast. Watched a couple of the scenes being shot, and then we all had dinner. Uh, I have not seen the cut of the film yet, but I watch dailies every weekend and send JJ and Kathleen a note, a note every uh, weekend, and it's a big deal. It's going to be terrific. We could have gotten more out of Kevin Smith. 
Oh yeah, where's Kevin Smith when he needed? He yeah, like, is he? And then there's the Millennium the Falcon, yet? and I saw I saw Harrison Ford show up. He just you just got in the cockpit, and man, tears, man, the tears were just and the goosebumps and the goosebumps oh, the and the tears and the chills and the <clears throat> he's a sensitive got, man, that Kevin Smith. He uh, yes, well at least he talks about things. <laughs> Yeah, and he plays D&D on The Big Bang Theory, if you saw this past week's episode. Well, can I... Uh, this I'm learning something. Maybe I'm just dumb, which is always a very strong possibility, by the way. Um, I feel like the most significant thing I learned is um, the process of dailies going back all the way up to the chairman of Walt Disney Studios. I didn't think that was how... I thought that, that Lucasfilm would be the highest level that you'd be doing dailies. Like, maybe summaries of how it's going or if there are issues, it would go up further in the company. But having dailies of the film sent all the way up to the chairman of the studios, is that normal? And send notes. He sends them notes every weekend. Uh, you've got the franchise that you've spent $4 billion on. Yeah. And you had a a movie that was profitable. Last Jedi is profitable, but divisive. Sure. And then you had a movie that wasn't profitable. So, yeah, the chairman of the studios is going to sit back and go, let's make sure. In fact, the question, you know, is will episode nine get Star Wars back on track? I imagine Alan Horn is one of those guys who is uh, advocating strongly for that at this point. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to work the angles. Seems to be in his best interest. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, although, very blunt question, because it's like, it's a matter of debate as to whether or not Star Wars got off track, like whether or not you well, happen to agree I, with I, I didn't understand that question. It's not off well, track, in my opinion. Well, it, it, well, okay, Solo lost money. Mm-hmm. That's not on track. So, do you think it's more like about the financial uh, and maybe not the, the, the culture oh, war aspect? Or which, which, what do you think they're talking well, about, Hollywood is, Reporter? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you're talking about money. I think, you know, toy sales are down, merch sales are down. Uh, box office is down as of solo. Yeah, I think they're talking about getting Star Wars back on track from a financial perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Bruce? No, I agree. I think it is about financial because that's what that's you know where Chairman's head is. He probably doesn't even know that people had issues with the Last Jedi. No, he probably does. Oh, I but, bet he knew. But you know, yeah, it's. I think the question is. It's not the reaction of fans had to Episode Nine. It's more. I mean, Episode Eight. It's about. Yeah, financially, you had a movie that failed. I mean, it didn't do bad, bad, but it did bad, bad for a Star Wars movie. It, it lost money. Star Wars movies don't lose money, right? I mean, I, I don't think they. they I don't think they anticipated doing that this soon, anyway. Wait, is right? It, did did Solo objectively lose money? Yes. Huh? Even with DVD yeah. sales? They, well, I don't know about with DVD sales, but the box office they had to take a write down on it. That's what I can tell you. So yeah. they've had some bounty hunters out looking for Han trying to collect their money back mm-hmm. for that movie. Yeah, it's that bad. That, that'll that be the sequel, actually. Is, um, I would like there to be a sequel. I, I really would. I'd like them to just kind of put their heads down and say, you know what? This one didn't quite go over box office-wise, but yeah. we know there's there's something here, and I think there is something there. We're going to keep – we're going to take another stab at this. Yeah. I I think it has to be in another format. I don't think they'll do it in the in theaters, but there's definitely the potential yeah. for the old Disney Plus. Yes. If you ask me, I would be all about that life. Well, hey, gentlemen, let's talk Toy Fair. And by gentlemen, I mean you, Scott. Did you oh, follow okay. Toy Fair at all? <laughs> the, uh, you know, the only thing I did, my buddy Ryan, who used to be on Dinner for Geeks with me, sent me a text and uh, in his best text Jay Leno voice, he <laughs> said did you see this? Did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? And uh, yeah. and um, 
it was the vintage stuff, the vintage collection, which is finally a vintage collection. I always like those vintage cards, but I always went, but the figure ain't right. You know, mm, okay. it, all yeah. these points of articulation, all this heavy duty sculpting. And this is, this isn't retro. This isn't vintage or vintage. I guess it's, uh, they're doing the retro collection now. And that's the thing that really excited me out of toy, uh, toy fair. Is that what uh, this, um, and we, we dumped a bunch of pictures in the notes. We'll, we'll have a link to the Jedi news has an article on it. Um, but I believe I saw a Luke Skywalker vintage figure in yeah, there somewhere. That's the third picture down. From okay. The, what I put, I couldn't put all the pictures in because there's tons of pictures out there that Jedi News did. So I just selected a there few. Go, but yeah. you'll see that the card backs have look like you know they're worn and damaged. Like oh old. yeah. Yeah, kind of. And you know that's the thing that's going on. If you buy Stranger Things on Blu-ray or whatever. It looks like it's an old beat up VHS. I was going to say, we've thing. all, uh, we, I say we've all, but even I, yes, ladies and gentlemen, even I am old enough to remember the VHS tapes yeah. that, that little, the corners of the case would get that the sort of paint <laughs> worn off and the white showing yeah. through. And that's kind of the look they have on that vintage car. That's, that's actually, cool. That's actually a DVD and Blu ray packaging thing now, period. A lot of these, you know, Older it's, movies it, are being packaged up like they're '80s versions of themselves, it's and it's like, pretty neat. It's the it's the um, I don't know. It's the the DVD Blu-ray cover slash action figure cover version of just like pre-wearing out jeans because it's fashionable. Yes, it's like the but, same. But you know what? Concept. I haven't bought Star Wars figures on a regular basis in a long time, but yeah. these actually are going to make me. I think I'm going to show up at the store for these. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, an I'll also point something else mm-hmm. out if I may. Of course, and that is. They have the retro collection logo, and all the years that they fought against Battlestar Galactica in a court of lieu, mm. and here they are for the retro part of the logo using Battlestar Galactica lettering. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, retro great. is the, using the lettering. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, kind of. It kind of is. I'm looking through here, and I'm seeing some interesting things. Here's the um, there's an a deluxe R2D2 popcorn maker. That's kind of. Cool. I know. I want that. That some of that kitschy stuff is the stuff that I find fascinating. There's a there's a Star Wars crock pot. Ooh, there's a Jar Jar Binks Hot Wheels. I want Isn't it. Isn't that cool? I want it. I want it. And you know me, it's hard to it's hard to get me sold on things. Star Wars yeah, mugs. But- some Okay. And we talked about the Lego last week. That's obviously what I'm most excited about, but I know we already covered that last week, uh, Bruce. I love the mugs that uh, the handle are people's arms. Like yeah. you have Hanso, all you see is his chest. Is The mug it looks like his chest, but then it has an arm that's sticking out, and you know yeah. it's got his fist on his uh, waist, and that's the handle. And then you got Leia and... Yeah. Uh, uh, Lando, oh, and I'm Billy D, dude, and then <laughs> well, so I'll put my favorite. Um, you you know me, Bruce. I'm not really a collector per se, but I do like to have token items or significant items or high quality items that are just like because I just don't have the room or time or money to do collect extensively. So the few things I do collect, um, I like to get that are more specialized or Lego <laughs> because well, you know me, you know me. Um, the gentle giant figures. You you have a picture of the Luke Skywalker one from Last Jedi, uh, as you know, as as we covered. That was a great one, yeah. Yeah, oh, as we've covered over and over on the show, uh, including our, our our revisit that we did at the beginning of the year. Still, it, my that is the the greatest peak Luke Skywalker moment for all the stuff that I don't like about the way Luke's portrayed in a lot of the movie. To me, that is a legit Luke Skywalker hero moment. So it's really cool to see that mm-hmm. represented in one sixth scale from General Giant. But they also have Ray. And a uh, really nice little BB-8. And it only cost $159 for Luke and $120 for 
for uh, Ray. So, ouch. <laughs> That's uh, what I have. Bruce, anything? Uh, giant. Uh, anything jump out to you, sir? I would say that what jumps out to me is well. First of all, there's a plush Chewy. That's not what jumps out to me, but that one as the plush toy of the year at the fair. Just so you know. Um, okay. But the thing, I don't know what jumps out to me. Wait, what does? Not the costume of uh, a Tie Fighter because that's for little kids. It's I've never cute, thought though. of anybody wanting to be a ship. You know what? Actually, I would. I want this uh, Doctor Afra figure, Wait, the Black Series figure. Have you read? I might be spoiling future conversation. Have you read any of Afra? I don't know. <laughs> you don't <laughs> go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I also like the pop figures of Ray fighting the the guard. That's pretty sweet. I mean, I do love Funko. You can't go wrong with Funko. Uh, yes. I prefer the Chewy apron. And cooking collection. That's pretty really? great. The, the chewy apron is a little chewy, like, dish rag fuzzy thing that you can use to wash your dishes. <laughs> I love this because it's a whole suite. It's a, a chewy oven mitt, a chewy, uh, like, uh, pot holder, and then a chewy fuzzy thing for your sink and apron with a massive bandolier. Um, yeah, no, pretty cool. Well, uh uh, I know shorter on the news today, gentlemen, but we have some more discussion here on, uh, well, you'll see in Boba's Bounty. It's worth a lot to me. As you wish. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's something each week that we talk about that has piqued our interest in the world of Star Wars. We share a little bit of our personal fandom and uh, what we've been up to, what's been... Uh, Getting our goat. Is that the term? Is that a thing? Getting I think that's negative. It's it, what that's true. That's negative. What's been um yeah. what's piquing our interest? Uh, we could do uh Star Wars negative. What's slicing <laughs> what's slicing yeah. our you know what yeah, because there's, there's not enough enough of that enough on the of that I was gonna there. say. Yeah. yeah. So, this, you know what really slices my tauntaun is we need uh, some versions like that, but uh, Bruce, I wanted to kick us off. Uh, if we'll be you know, a little it really chafes my do back. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Um, <laughs> um, Star Wars comics. I've continued. Hey! I've continued my constant like every um, every paycheck, like every two weeks. I'm buying four or five volumes of Star Wars comics, of uh, Marvel Star Wars comics, and catching up on them all. Uh, I'm up through it, volume five of the original Star Wars series, and what I wanted to highlight this week is I've read through all of the more recent 2017-2018 Vader series, and they just released volume four, which had that infamous issue this couple weeks ago, I think it was, where it had that uh, sort of this this mystic, and then and again spoilers for the comic, but I'll I'll try to not be too specific in case you want to read it. But uh, speaking in vague terms, the whole thing about uh, uh, Anakin's conception and Palpatine's involvement and that whole uh, controversy slash, uh, I guess it made a bit, a bit of a splash in the old Star Wars fan community a little while ago, Bruce. I don't know if you remember catching that when it happened. Tempest uh, in a teapot. Uh, Tempest in, exactly. Well, I read, so I, I read that most recent volume, uh, mm -hmm. and, and I've already talked about how much I love the Vader series, but it was... I mean, the best Star Wars uh, I've experienced since, uh, well, Last Jedi. And, uh, you know, I like Last Jedi, but it's been so, it's some of the best Star Wars storytelling of the entire Disney era is this Vader series. And it's brilliantly told. And I, I, what, 
I wish I, I kind of want to just go through in spoilers, but I don't have it with me. It's, it's actually in the building where I work because that's where I've been collecting these, um, which is always cool because all these other um, lieutenants and even a major started picking them up and reading them, which I like because then like the um, the Star Wars nerdery is spreading at uh, at my workplace. Which uh, listen, I, I I am all about depressing productivity um, in the old Department of Defense <laughs> with Star Wars. Thanks. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome, taxpayers. Safer. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> no, but it, actually, it's been fun. We've been, Scott, I don't know if uh, I've talked to you, but I've, as I've been buying all these, uh, they, I, just, I just have them in the break room, and everybody's reading them, and it's Good. very fun. It's It's been, and I've, I I read uh, just kind of quick highlights, because I don't want to get into spoilers, so I don't think it's worth really getting into a lot of specifics, but uh, just sort of general reviews of what I've read so far. Star Wars, the first run, volumes one and two, great. Volume three, the Rebel Prison one with the freaking Han Solo's wife, not Han Solo's wife, subplot mm. of them breaking out of the, sucked. <laughs> I mean, it was not good. It was, got didn't that like yet. that. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, it was just it was just weird, forced, and I didn't like the characterization of Leia and Han. But you know, it's it, to each their own because volumes four and five are what I'm reading now, and I've only just started. But I can't wait. Volume five is called Yoda's Secret War, and I'm intrigued. I have no idea what it's about. I haven't read it yet, I, but I'm I, very excited. I have, I have a bit of a problem with that just because I'm a, I'm a continuity nut, and it just that whole thing doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That which one. which, which, we'll which whole thing? The Yoda huh? Secret Yoda Secret War. Yeah, I well, I don't like the premise, uh, and this is not a spoiler or anything. I don't like the premise that that Luke is reading about all these, even though it doesn't actually name Yoda. Mm, okay, and so Luke doesn't know specifically that it's Yoda. I don't like Luke loading up on all this Jedi lore because it's almost like, why is he going to Dagobah at some point? Oh yeah, because timeline wise, that makes sense, and a lot of that happens like in the first volume. There's some really cool stuff that Luke does. It kind of takes away from it when he does yes. the exact same thing later in the movies. So the first volume kind of relies heavily on like, well, Luke faces Jabba or or Vader, you know, Vader faces, faces Jabba. Or, yeah, Vader faces Jabba uh, or Vader faces, uh, you know, Luke, Luke and Vader are banging sabers yes. in like issue two. Yeah, like, it uh, doesn't take long. And, for I, that and, to I, and that drives me nuts because look, I'm an old school Marvel fan. It took them, you know, thirty something issues to even come face to face. Yeah, but and, it just makes um, sense that it would take Vader a while before he actually finds who Luke is and it yeah. goes after him. You know, yeah. yeah, that's true. But I will say this: I completely forgive them because the storytelling is action packed and really well done, and I love the characterization. I don't disagree with anything you say, Scott. I just really <laughs> enjoy the storytelling. But it's definitely a weakness. Um, it's certainly but better it's than canon. It's, it's well, canon. well, more importantly, it it's certainly better than some of the other freaking books that have come out where it's just like it's yeah. just super dull and nothing uh, happens. The, so. the biggest beef, the biggest beef I've got right now with the main, the ongoing Star, Star Wars title is every month has, to, and this is becoming a theme throughout Star Wars. Every month has to have the everybody is completely stupid but Leia moment. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was yeah. definitely the case in in Volume Three. Um, I thought that, that isn't that the case in the Last Jedi too. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I said, it's starting to spread. So yeah, uh, and it's just a little frustrating because it's okay. We get it. People like her. Okay, we get it. She's strong and powerful. But can we can we not can we not make everybody else look bad to hmm. lift her up? Yeah, and it's funny because I don't know. She's a very capable and, and smart 
uh, character in, in Empire is what I think of, and the whole sort in, in of like di- and in New Hope, like the whole dynamic of her, like um, she doesn't even really. I mean, she's rescued, but it's such a botched operation. She has to take over it basically because it they, there are a couple of like lovable idiots running around, but that's sort of the key there. The idiots still need to be lovable, and I feel like that's where they. I don't necessarily, and I, I and I've read so many. Maybe I'm confusing issues in comics, but like. My sort of overall takeaway feeling of the way they portray Leia and Han in issue three, well, and even issue two, some when with the with the what's her face solo character, is that it they take away the lovable idiotness of Han and make him just sort of a comedic doofus. And uh, I don't really have any problem with the way Leia is characterized as much because it's pretty consistent with how she is in A New Hope. But the mm-hmm. way the way the dynamic with the the other girlfriend and the yeah. uh, and him being kind of an idiot without the lovableness and 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 never like lucking out which that's also the other thing Han Solo always does is he's like it may not be his his skill exactly yeah. but he always kind of lucks out in a in a, in that way and they they kind of fall short I'm really hoping they they get that more right in later issues but it's sounding like maybe that's not the case but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going through I I do um I do love love the the Obi Wan interludes. Where uh, Luke's kind of reading from a, the journal of Obi Wan that he found on Tatooine, and it kind of recounts some of Obi Wan's life as he's protecting Luke and what he's doing on Tatooine, and it's uh, it th- that's really really well done. I really enjoyed those. But by far my favorite uh, has been the Vader series. It's just yeah really well done, beautifully done, and the subplot of Vader's castle. And the building of it on Mustafar and everything that happens surrounding that, including a sort of force vision sequence that really gets into the 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 deep Star Wars mythology, pulling from the prequels all the way through the sequels, is just beautifully done. And I I closed. It was one of those things that I closed Volume Four. It only just came out like a week or two ago. Volume Four of the most recent Vader. I just closed it and I had to like just pause for a second be like wow and just take it all in it was just so well done so uh bruce i i i if we want we can piggyback into your uh boba bounty boba's bounty i know you've been delving into the comics a little bit more too uh, i don't know all ha- i can think of is if mark herleman is listening to this right now yeah. he is crying tears of joy that you are into <laughs> star wars comics right now that's, that's true. what's happening i know i don't know what happened to me but suddenly um <laughs> So, yeah, my Boba's Bounty. So, yeah, like you, and I discussed it last week's show, the Star Wars ongoing, I read Volume 1 and Volume 2. I haven't gone to Volume 3, but you just gave me the warning of <laughs> okay. Volume 3. That's not that good. So, I, But I skipped over that because I went to Dr. Afra Volume 1. Oh, I... I mentioned the Black Series figure earlier. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. Okay. So, and I think there was also a vote and I think I voted for that figure just because I like to get uh, action figures that are based on literature, on characters that you see yeah. in literature. So, uh, like Jane Solo is what I got last year. So, um, but yeah, so Dr. Afra, I started reading that and I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. I'm like halfway through it, but I'm actually really enjoying it. it it's, it's a fun read because she's not a nice character. She's almost like a female Indiana Jones gone bad. Yeah. You know? O- almost like. Yeah, is like. You saw her first appearance, right? Yes, I did see her first. Appearance. I mean, like almost every line in her first appearance was an Indiana Jones line repurposed, and she was chased by a giant ball that, you know. I mean, <laughs> really? It was, wait, really? 
Yeah. Oh well. Well, well, well remember that she shows up in. In that scene in Return of the, I mean, in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, that scene when Indy comes out of that from the ball, and then that I forget the guy's name, the other archaeologist that Belloc. steals, yeah, he takes Today that from. Belloc? She's him, because the first scene in the volume is another well, archaeologist comes out with something, and she takes it from him. So, so first volume of Afra, thumbs up. Because that, that was one uh, of the ones I'm thinking about getting next after the Star Wars line. So far for me, it's it's a. I'm not done with it yet, but right now I'm I'm liking it. So so far I'm starting to lift my thumb, but it's not up all the way. So, okay. but the other reason, so I've been wanting to read that because just I wanted to check it out. But yeah. the other reason I'm reading it, here's a good plug: Star Wars book bookworms, Star Wars bookworms, oh. number ninety eight. They just released that episode on the twentieth. Okay. This uh, volume. Oh, nice. I haven't listened to it yet because I'm going to listen to it when I finish reading. It. Oh, and nice. And if you decide to start buying it, Riley, okay. Marvel will thank you. It is the by far the lowest selling regular title. Yeah. Uh, it seems. How to do be you just, know this? I, well, because I just completed a massive research project <laughs> that will only uh, impress real nerds. <laughs> uh, Scott and I have talked about this, and it's my favorite oh, thing ever. Please that. share, sir. I have been. I've spent the last couple of years uh, putting together a spreadsheet in my spare time of the sales of Star Wars comics from 1996 to present. Okay. Using John Jackson Miller's Comicron website, and uh, it is it is Afra sells probably about twenty two thousand copies a month. It's not good. Okay. Not an impressive uh, number. For comparison, let's say a more popular current like uh, Vader or something right now. What is that? Com- how does Vader right now is selling in the mid forties, which is not so hot either. But yeah. Uh, when remember when the first issue of Star Wars came out, it sold a million copies. Oh yeah, it was like absurd. I remember it was breaking all kinds yeah. of records and stuff. Yeah, and then they settled into you know a couple of hundred thousand, and then they went down to one hundred thousand. And uh, uh, if you want me to pull up the chart, I can pull up the chart. But uh, see I've been now, doing Scott, now I know why you haven't been watching Resistance. You've been do too busy doing all this research. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah. I love just compiling the numbers and just kind of studying them, analyzing them, looking at them, um, looking at what because I think a lot of us thought you know well Star Wars is fine when Star Wars was bought by Disney. In uh, 2012, oh, Star Wars was doing fine, and Disney, and and uh, because I think we saw the T-shirts, and you know we saw Clone Wars on TV. But if you look at the comic yeah. sales, whoo, comp- not good. I mean, you know, there's some badness now uh, in some well, of the sales. They're not what they ought to be, and they're they, not what they have been. They're putting but, out too much. They're well, putting out too it's, much. Like it's interesting you say that because I, I've actually got a little bit of that charted as well. Okay. Well, and I listen, I'm no sales expert on the comic industry, but I just know as a big Star Wars fan, even so someone who I've read I read the first volume of Star Wars a, a year or two ago and really enjoyed it. But it's just overwhelming to get started and now that I actually like I work at a job where there are no phones in the building. So like if you want to take reading material, you can take in like the most recent uh like I don't know, the uh, men's health magazine or I can take in Star Wars comics so that, that's literally the only thing I can do or like one of the few things I can do uh, as like a little bit of leisure, leisure reading over my lunch break it's it's become a new thing but it's literally only because my life situation abruptly changed to perfectly match it that I'm now interested in consuming the sheer volume of material not, not complaining like it's pretty great to be like 
two months into this obsession and still have entire series of comics that I can order. And it's not like I'm going to catch up and be like, well, where's the next issue? I have like five or six volumes of the main Star Wars series left. I have the original Vader series, which I never read. I jumped into the 2017 version of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have the Afra series, the Mace Windu series, the Princess Leia series, the Lando series, the Han Solo series, and the Chewbacca series. <sighs> and I haven't I'm, ordered I'm any of those. I'm going to give you two three-year breakouts. Okay. Because you were talking, and one of these is going to support your argument that there's too much. Okay. Uh, in 2016, Marvel released ten different titles okay. and sold 4.3 million comics. Okay. Ten in times. 2017, Marvel released 15 different titles, selling 3.8 million comics. Hmm. So more titles, a little bit down, but you got to think the hysteria, the first issue buzz, all that stuff. 2018, yeah. Marvel and IDW released 31 different titles and Jeez. sold 3.4 million. So double the titles sold about the same amount. No, sold less. Sold so, 400,000 less. less. Oh, geez. Yeah. Wow. So I, I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to my point. Th- thank you for me being able to immediately have actual research numbers behind my me oh, spouting yeah. my opinion. Okay. On a so podcast. let's let's explore this real quick for for a minute because then Marvel would be also seeing these numbers. Yes. Of so course. are sure. they? What do? What are they discussing in the conference room when they're saying, "Hey, we gotta get our sales up next year, or we're getting cut back on titles." I think I think what they say is we've got to have more number ones because number ones spike things. Uh, crossover events create spikes, as I've seen looking at the figures. Uh, you can you can spike a title up ten, twelve thousand copies in a month just by having a crossover event. Which uh, is so why, think, like Afra shows up. That. Like I know Afra because she shows up in Volume Three of Star Wars, and I know that she also shows up in the Vader comic, and then she has her own series. So, like those, t- I guess crossovers certainly help. Yeah, well they but do. I enough. mean, you, I could see it. I you know I can look at the numbers and see when they cross over, they spike. Yeah. Which makes Otherwise, sense. they dwindle every month. Here's the other interesting thing. And I was talking about how sales are not great right now. In 2016, the average new issue of Marvel Star Wars, that's not counting the reprint stuff that they do, average new issue of Marvel Star Wars sold 96,000 copies. Okay. In, in 2017, the average new issue of Marvel Star Wars sold 68,400 copies. Okay. In 2018, the average new issue of Marvel Star Wars sold 48,000 copies. So it's just a steady dip. So yeah, we're, we're, it's down fifty percent from from in th- two years. Yeah, which uh, it's not. But great. loses about thirty percent every year. Yeah. Hmm. I, so I, how does all this compare to Dark Horse when they had the title? Uh, well, at the end, well, when Dark Horse first started off, it was gangbusters because it was in the middle of a comic boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they survived a comic bust. The last years of Dark Horse were not good. Okay. And I, I look at two thousand eight. And I'll pull up 2008 here because that's, that's I think, the year Clone Wars started, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Legacy, which is John Jackson Miller. Uh, not John Jackson Miller. That was the uh, the, the future one. It was uh, Jan Dersma and John Ostrander. Yeah. Um, started off January 2008 selling 31,000 copies. By the end of December, it sold 27.3. Okay. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic, which was John Jackson Miller's, started off. January 08 at 25,000 copies closed at 19.4. So dev- so uh, under what even what Marvel's done by dropping off, but I just feel like 
I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm no expert, but I just I I feel like the quality of the storytelling is gonna be it's just gonna be a better experience if you only have a few titles. And it's just easier to keep up with. You just can't keep up with if you're not like a giant yeah. comic nerd who's subscribed on Comicsology. You're just not going to be able to keep up with it. It's difficult. It's difficult. And like I said, I think the sales. I think the figures kind of back you up. the The other interesting thing is the sales. I don't know if IDW standards are different, but you know they've been doing the kids Star Wars comics. Okay. Yeah. They've I've been doing the Star I Wars think, Adventures and all that. Yeah. Uh their peaks are about ten to twelve thousand for a good thing. A, a good title is ten yeah. to twelve thousand for mm-hmm. the, a month, yeah. uh, which which would be past cancellation numbers for a lot of the majors. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I it'd be interesting to see like um, just kind of rounding out of the comics I've read so far. Some of them are a little mediocre. Like um, so it's interesting because like uh, for the other um, Air Force peeps that I work with um that are kind of interested or like Star Wars, I'll hand them the main line or I'll hand them Vader and I'm like, you're going to love this. But then I got the Anakin and Obi-Wan one and for a guy who didn't like watch all of the Clone Wars, it's a little weird. Uh, <laughs> and uh, off the wall, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't great. So the Anakin and Obi-Wan comic, same thing for the Darth Maul comic. I've also, the, those are the, the two kind of one-offs that I've uh, read. And again, the, the Darth Maul one, actually, the art wasn't very appealing to me. But, I mean, I love Darth Maul as a character, so it was interesting to see him be, you know, Darth Maul and be a bit of a badass and stuff like that. But it wasn't, like, super compelling storytelling, whereas, like, uh, the, that most recent Vader issue, like, that should be the number one best-selling thing. And that's what, you know, freaking the entire Star Wars uh uh, community should be talking about is this new Vader uh, issue because it's compelling, it's canon, and it's tied closely to George Lucas's story, and mm-hmm. I love it. it. It just like reminds me everything that I love about Star Wars. So it's one of those well, things I, I wasn't expecting it either, and I even kind of knew it was coming because of the headlines that that issue made. But the yeah. way it was told when reading it uh, cover to cover. And again, reading them in, as a volume, it's a bit more of a beefier story. It's, I think, a little bit more like binge-watching. It's the only version for yeah. comics. Yep. And it's a really, really rewarding storytelling experience. I, I think with Marvel, I think what they need to do is get their best creators together and, and like you said, limit it. But we, look, we know Charles Soule can deliver the goods. He's been doing that Vader series. I'll tell you who, to me, hasn't gotten a real shot at doing uh, a lot of original stuff, and that's Jody Hauser. Okay, and I think she deserves a shot for two reasons. One, she did the adaptation of Rogue One, which I thought was the best. You know, and I've read them all since 1977. I thought it was the best Star Wars movie adaptation into comics since oh. Empire Strikes Back. Okay, uh, she did the adaptation of the Thrawn novel, which I thought was very. She did a, a great job of capturing the complexity of that storyline in comics form. Uh, I'd like to see her doing more. Oh, color me intrigued. I'd be interested to give that a try. Yeah. That was like Thrawn Alliances, but... Um, no, Thrawn, Thrawn. Just, oh, just Thrawn, Thrawn, the first Thrawn? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Color me intrigued. I will uh, right. I will take a look at that. Yeah. I I don't know. It's, uh, homework assignment, Bruce, uh, read volume three. I want to see if, if, if you part ways with me and Scott on it. Uh, give it a chance. I know we've probably uh, tainted your uh, impression of it, but give it a chance. And then, uh, and we'll, uh, and I'm, and, and I'm up to, I'll be through volume five, probably by, by the next time we record, I don't know how much you want to catch up, but, uh, I think continuing, uh, doing this, but maybe even as a spoiler segment after the credits, if we, if, especially, 
In fact, can can we can I reserve this time next week, Bruce? I want to do an actual like panel by panel in depth like we used to do with Clone Wars episodes and stuff. Like whenever the big Clone Wars arcs would happen, we'd always dedicate a segment of the show to it. I'd love to dedicate a segment of the show to the most recent Vader series, focusing on that uh, final issue of the most recent volume. If you if you want to if you're going to catch up on something this week, I know that might be a lot if you haven't read anything of the most recent Vader. But like, do it. Order it on Amazon. Do next day shipping, and 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 get through that crap because it is great, great Star Wars storytelling. Okay, you got to tell me exactly what it is you want me to read. All right, I'll, I'll, like are you, like all the, all the volumes. Of volume Vader, one. Or? It's volume one. I don't one. think you're hurt by that. No, well, you're not hurt by that. But it's volume one through four of Vader. But it's yeah. the one that was released starting in 2017 through a few weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, it, it. they each have they each have a name. Um, and, and in fact, actually, you know what? Actually, what I have right here, because rather than just like talking to Bruce, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, participate along with us. If you're a big comic fan and you're you've already read it, you're like, come on, Riley, I've been telling you this for years. The Marvel comics are awesome. Yes, they are. I mean, like, and I've nitpicked some stuff, but overall, it's like it's way better than a lot of the stuff that we got from Rebels. Certainly, from uh, what I've seen of Resistance. Like, this is the kind of Star Wars storytelling. I'm intrigued with so like I'm preaching the good news. I sound like such an apologist now as I've poo-pooed uh, on on the non-TV slash film Star Wars stories for a while. So I feel like yes, I've, I've seen the light. Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, so what? I, let's see. Uh, well, actually, I'll toss it to. to uh, we've been talking talking about comics. I'm going to pull up the names of the issues so that if you want to ta- follow along this week and then jump into the conversation. Next week when we do the segment, uh, you can. So I'm going to pull up the those issue titles here. Uh, and while I do that, Scott, your Boba's Bounty. My Boba's Bounty. All right, do you see the shirt, guys? Oh, oh, hang on. No. Uh, oh, I think... Uh, <laughs> oh, I think the... It, you got to turn your camera on. Yeah, I was going to say, small details, Scott. <laughs> gotta... I, I, my camera is on. What are you talking about? I'm, I can see me. You can't I see can't. me? No. You can't see me. Oh. My time is now. Um, so. Yeah, it's interesting because it says turn video off, so oh. it's on. You might have to re- re- restart the video. Um, oh, is restart it? the video. Hang, hang crying out That's loud. That's very anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice shirt there. Thank you. <laughs> Is that I guess for the, we could have just actually no. Bruce we should have just your, we should I'm sorry you can't see the shirt because I'm wearing my Chewbacca apron over it. Oh. <laughs> Bruce we should have just pretended he was topless for the podcast. <laughs> I know. You're topless. That's why it looks like you're wearing Chewbacca. How about you're a very hairy guy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Can you hear me? There, oh, there we go. Are. There he is. There we go. There we yeah, go. Let's see, see it. All right. Okay. Oh yeah! Oh, Star go. Wars! Oh, in con- wait, of course, Star Wars in concert, Jacksonville right. Symphony. Tell us about your experience, man. Uh, the film concert series. They showed Episode Four uh, last night on the big screens. Jacksonville Symphony playing along with it. This is be the second time I've seen one of these uh, in October of 2017. While you were in New York City for New York Comic Con, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was yep. there for the New York Philharmonic as they did The Force Awakens and played it live. Uh, I will say this. Wonderful experience. Okay. I think this is a thing that's been going around. You know, different orchestras are doing this. Uh, They've kind of been, you know, rolling it out to different towns. And, uh, look, I like the Jacksonville Symphony a lot. They're not the New York Philharmonic. Sure, sure. But they're really good. And so it's a really wonderful evening. Now, there are a couple of things that were interesting last night. Because this was just last night. 
Uh, one, well, several interesting things. One, my wife gets great seats. Period. She just always, so we've got like the box seats. We're doing great. Okay. Um, okay. Nice. Nice. One of the interesting things is the conductor whiffed it on the end. Like when they <gasps> go to credits, what? and you know, it iris is down, and they go to the credits. You know, bam, ba, da, 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 da. I would say we were into credits three to four seconds before they actually hit the note. Uh oh. They were still doing throne room until then. Whoopsie. Yeah. And I was like, huh. what the? Why did that happen? Yeah. Uh, there was that. And then there was this other thing. During the second half, I noticed I kept hearing a guy talking. And mm. I kept going, why Why uh, am I hearing a conversation? And I kept looking around. I couldn't. It was nobody near me. And huh. I couldn't figure out why I was hearing this guy talk. And then at the end, I realized during the throne room scene, when he starts screaming about Chewbacca not getting a medal. <laughs> I realized this was a guy who was sitting there. Somebody somewhere in the audience was heckling the movie, and I was having to hear it. Oh, gosh. Now, and, and I'm just, you know, when you go see an orchestra play, it's this is not Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> you know, this is, this is yeah, an like orchestra. He, yeah, yeah, he buys a ticket to yeah. go and hear an orchestra to heckle the movie. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and, and look, come on, dude. And everybody who's listening, if you're wanting to get into the whole Let's make a joke about Chewbacca getting a medal thing. Yeah, move on to something else. We've heard, <laughs> I, you know, I think the first time I heard that was 1981. Yeah, yeah. I'm done with that. Move on. <laughs> oh, Come up gosh. with new material. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. But also, don't heckle the orchestra. It's a great, it's a, I mean, minus the dude yelling, though. It's a pretty yeah. great way to re- experience the movie in a new way. I love it. I love it. You know, the, but the other thing it gave me, and this is something that'll be fodder for future thought. Okay. Uh, so I'm just going to give you the germ of it now, and I'm I, we'll flesh it out some other time. Uh, it it reminded when I'm watching the cantina scene, and it's on that big screen again, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing Solo say, you know, it's the ship that made the Kessel Run mm-hmm. in less than 12 parsecs, and Obi Wan gets this look on his face, and I remembered a line from the script. Oh, okay. So I went and pulled the script. Ladies and gentlemen, he's actually pulling the script out right now. <laughs> Here's the script. In case you're doubting. It's the ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Now listen to the direction here. Ben reacts to Solo's stupid attempt to impress them with obvious misinformation. Oh. And Alec Guinness plays that. And then I started thinking, well, gosh, why didn't we just let that go at that? <laughs> why, why did we spend so many years obsessing over and trying to make the Kessel run into something and then we put it into a film and you know it was him saying something stupid yeah. and it's yeah. kind of in character for him to try and you know his bluster and he doesn't know quite what he's talking about and a get lovable idiot type thing yeah, yeah. But why not why not just let that be why, yeah. why couldn't we have let that be all these years uh, and just Scott, made it up that's all Scott, be, yeah yeah <laughs> Gentlemen, it's because we're Star Wars fans. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what we do. Um, all right, Bruce, I have for you the titles. If you, uh, if you have your phone out, a little note taker app or a notepad, post a note. If you're listening to the podcast, not if you're driving. Listening to the podcast, I'll give the titles of the, the recent Vader volumes. There's four of them, very reasonably pli- priced, each of them uh, like 10, 12, 13 bucks. Uh, depending on what they are, uh, very much worth it. The first one is called uh, Star Wars Darth Vader, Dark, Dark Lord of the Sith, Volume 1, Imperial Machine, released in 2017. Volume 2, all the same, except for it's called Legacy's End. Uh, 
uh, featuring none other than Jocasta New, which is pretty interesting. Volume 3, The Burning Seas. What happens when Vader has to fight on uh, Mon Calamari? It's pretty fascinating. Um, then there's the one where he gets a venereal disease. That's The Burning Peas, but that's, that's a, a different yeah, volume. Yeah, it's a different one. You yeah, different one. That. This one. And then that the crowning jewel, the best one, the best Marvel uh, current Disney era comic that I've read so far is Volume 4. Which uh, I had the title here for a second. There it is. Uh, uh, volume four, Fortress Vader, and it chronicles Vader's journey to Mustafar and constructing his infamous uh, castle, palace, fortress. Well, that makes sense because it's called Fortress Vader. Vader's Fortress. <laughs> I was like, well, synonyms of fortress. My brain, my brain is weird, folks. Garrison, <laughs> Garrison. You know, it's also like the other thing I loved about it. Besides, it's just some like there's um. Sith artifacts and some dark side lore that's really fascinating that ties into the prequels a bit. But on the other hand, and, and, and also kind of ties into the Knights of the Old Republic era of storytelling that I really liked. But um, it's funny. It has some actually pretty solid uh, humor, which I, which I really enjoyed. So uh, those are the four titles, again, leading up to Fortress Vader Volume 4. And uh, yes. that's, that's a lot. They're, they're actually the Darth Vader Dark Lord of the Sith series. Yes. Yeah, There's Darth a previous Dark Darth Vader series, but this is the Dark Lord of the Sith. Dark Lord of the Sith. So if you hack shop. Riley. Oh, oh so sorry. My, my computer. Riley my, lost Riley. Sorry. Yeah. My computer froze for a second. I was just saying, if you wanted to be, uh, can you hear me guys? Yes. Okay. Sorry. I was just saying, if you want to be old school, you can pick them up at a comic book shop if you want them a little bit faster or uh, order them on Amazon. Uh, as you're hearing this, we're going to be talking about them next week on the podcast. Whew. All right. Before my computer completely crashes, <laughs> which is what's happening, like me ducking out and freezing, I'm going to get out. I'm done. going to save the recording, make sure nothing dies. But before I go, I just want to say thank you to everybody listening, uh, especially those of you supporting us at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. That's where you can get weekly bonus content. Our pre-show discussion, it's called Rogue Transmissions, as we talk about life. Uh, where I, I talked way too much about my personal life last week. <laughs> I didn't realize all of that was being recorded. or I, I was. Re- oh, yeah, right. I, yeah. I, I forgot. I literally forgot. I was just it's like having conversation with friends. Yeah, I should have known. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, it was a good time uh, talking Star Wars and, and actually some really fun podcasty type conversation with Christy and some of the stuff she's doing with Star Wars fashion and her uh, her plans uh, to do some cool fan media stuff there. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, uh, more behind-the-scenes stuff on the show, uh, patreon.com slash Report. Get Rogue Transmissions, uh, five bucks a month, and uh, we send you a link to the RSS feed for it. Just paste that into your podcatcher, and you can listen to it pretty much each and every week. Uh, hey, follow us at Star Wars Report on Twitter at Star Wars Bits on Instagram if you want just bits of Star Wars at Star Wars Bits uh, Scott people can find you at Rifen on the Twitter correct yes or at my Star Wars story that oh. it still exists uh, and I've been speaking to a couple of people about getting some episodes together so uh, if we can just arrange dates where I'm not busy and they're not busy sweet there should be some new content there awesome. and I, I've uh, I, I bought the URL tonight for a video series that I'm going to be launching, but what? I'm not going to tell you anything more what? than that. What? what? Mm. Yeah. So you're saying people should probably follow you if they want updates on when that launches, is what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 That's a thing. We'll, uh, we'll have links to all that. And, uh, of course, at Admiral underscore Rex for Bruce on the old Twitter, Admiral Rex on Instagram. 
And then, uh, Bruce, anything you want to plug? Anything you're currently up to? I'm working on a new video series that shows me working through comic spreadsheets so I can be like Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Nerds! Um, (laughs) And then, of course, I'm on Twitter. It's at the Riley guy. Uh, And then, more importantly, Instagram. But that's going to do it for the Star Wars Report podcast. Until next time, many Bothans died. To bring in this podcast. Never heard of the Millennium Falcon? The uh, ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> we missed an Alec Guinness spit take. <laughs> <laughs>